Welcome and thanks for tuning in to our podcast. My name is Donovan, my wife Jessica and I are the lead pastors here at Destiny Church Praha. We know that today's message will bless and encourage you because the Bible tells us that the Word of God is alive and active. If you want to connect in with us, be sure to subscribe to this podcast, follow us on social media or visit our website at destinypraha.com. Let's get into the Word. Cool, okay, so we're going to get into the Word. We're going to be talking about a topic which we've probably heard a million times, but I felt on my heart and I wanted to be obedient to this thing. We're going to be talking about the topic of forgiveness in general. Um, but you know, we, we came out of our Powerful Prayers series and we came out of a series on Ephesians, for those of you that are joining us for the first time today. And this was a very powerful series, and it was talking about God wanting to build capacity in you, and God wanting to stretch you, and God wanting to do something like next level in your life, right? That there's a calling, that there's a plan, and there's a purpose on your life. And then last week, we had David Zivor, a, a, past, a Czech pastor in the city that's doing just excellent work evangelizing and just looking after the people that God's given him. And he spoke about on uh, worship and doubt, together because when Jesus commissions his disciples it says they worshiped and some doubted right but yet Jesus releases them even in the doubt and he released them into what we know today as the local church right and I felt this was a a segue into what I wanted to bring today because we speak about all these great things that propel and accelerate us into the plans and purposes that God has for ourselves and we talk this crazy, exciting, graceful game, but there's some things that are fundamental that we kind of skip over often. Is it just me? Some things that we just forget. Hey, God's a God of order. There's some things in in our lives that he was very intentional about in his scriptures that he wants us to remember. He wants us to have them front of mind so that as he's excelling us into his plans and purposes, as we push into obedience with him, that everything gets filtered through this lens, right? And one of those topics is forgiveness, the topic of forgiveness. I have in the last couple of weeks spoken to a number of people, some that are not even in this room, that have been really, really hurt by people, by churches, by organizations, by their bosses, whatever it may be. And even as Christians or as people that profess to follow Jesus, I've heard this countless times. I just, I know I need to forgive, but I can't. Now don't look at me like we're all, we've all been there, right? We've all been offended. We're all like, oh my gosh, she's wearing that today. Like, can you believe that? Or look, Donnie's in a hoodie. I just couldn't get dressed up this morning. I got vaccinated Friday and I felt horrible yesterday. So I thought I'm gonna wear comfortable clothes. So if that offends you, then we need to sort out some religious spirits in this house. Um, But right, we've all been there. We've been indoctrinated, in a sense, on this forgive and forget mentality. Which I do or do not agree with completely, but that's not for today's sermon. Today, as I was preparing for this word, I just knew in my heart that I needed to address this topic head on, because we're a people that want to go deep. We're people that want to be able to call ourselves disciples and followers of Jesus. And we need to be able to understand this topic and be intentional about it in our lives. But at the same time, as I was just working through this word and this text, and I just allowed 
the Holy Spirit to just sort of drip feed um, into my heart, I realized that this message is not you should forgive. This message completely changed um, its flavor. And for me, this message is about pointing to the ultimate forgiver. And I feel this is important because I felt God say to me exactly this thing. If you want to know how to give, right, finances, resource, tithing, you need to focus on the giver. If you want growth in your life, you need to focus on the grower. If you want to learn how to love yourself, others, you need to focus on the lover. You know what I'm saying? If you want to focus on forgiveness, how to forgive, you need to focus on the ultimate forgiver, which is Jesus Christ, right? And this is a repetitive theme that you will continuously hear from this church. Because if I'm coming here today to give you a 20-minute bullet point sermon on how to forgive, then all of you have been misled. Because you should be focusing on Jesus. Whatever we preach, sing up here should, fo- should point to Him. So ultimately, and you're allowed to leave right now, <laughs> but this message will ask you to just go and search the Word. Go and ask God. Go and talk to Him about areas of your life where forgiveness is important, something you need to address. See, God told me about three weeks ago that there's people in this room, people in this church that are carrying unforgiveness. Things where you've probably been really, really hurt for good reason. And it's not necessarily that unhinging those things is going to make you feel any better or whatever it is. It's about the fact is that Jesus shows us how to forgive. And while I don't think biblically Forgiveness in itself as a concept has anything to do with emotional or psychological well-being, which is what we've probably preached for years. It's actually got more to do with what Jesus taught us to do and with getting into alignment as he moves us from a journey from A to B in transformation to be like Jesus. You know what I'm saying here? I think forgiveness keeps us in bondage. Forgiveness holds us back. And yes, there are probably emotional and psychological studies attached to unforgiveness. But that's not the reason why we forgive. We forgive because Jesus teaches us to forgive. We teach because it's biblical. And when you go and look at forgiveness, really want to go look at it in the Jewish culture, it was a serious thing. And actually forgiveness was way more beyond, oh my gosh, Abel offended me last week. Forgiveness stretched into debts. It stretched into relationships. It stretched into things where it actually said sometimes you just need to walk away from that person. That's how intense forgiveness was in the Bible. In the New Testament alone, we see about 160 accounts of forgiveness in the Gospels specifically. It's a powerful thing. And I think when we talk about unity in the body, the more I plow into the topic of forgiveness, the more I realize this is a cornerstone for us to do relationship right here. And you know what I also realized this week? The Holy Spirit just giving me a, a lovely little gentle nudge there. Is that repentance and forgiveness go hand in hand. Right? Ooh, repentance. That's a strong word. Check this out. If you go, oh, actually, let me read a scripture for you guys. Luke 17. You're going to love this one. 
Straight out of the Word of God. Luke 17, verse 3. If your brother or sister sins against you, rebuke them, and if they repent, forgive them. Even if they sin against you seven times in a day, and seven times they come back saying, I repent, you must forgive them. That's the Word of God. You see, repentance and forgiveness come together. This is why when we come to the acknowledgement of Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, it says, repent and be baptized. Because there's something about the heart of repentance towards the Father which moves him. Because only when we acknowledge our wickedness, our negligent ways, our whatever, is God able to move in our hearts. So this topic of repentance and forgiveness is really important, and it's really dear to the heart of Jesus, especially in the Gospels. Having a heart that is able to give is the fruit of a, of a healthy spiritual life. I very seldom write notes down, but I wrote that down. You see, when you meet someone that's able to forgive quickly, that's able to quickly get over their emotions and how that person made me feel and talking ill about this individual, when you meet someone that's able to forgive quickly and go, man, I really don't understand their circumstance. Maybe they're just having a tough time. You realize... That person is filtering through a heart that's been transformed by the Holy Spirit where he's quick to forgive. Being able to quickly forgive, I believe, is fruit of a healthy spiritual life. And I'm saying that, and I'm going to get to the good stuff now, don't worry. I'm saying that because I want us to hear and listen and think about how do we process? This is a physical thing, emotional thing now today, guys. How do we process offense? How do we process process those that trespassed against us. Jesus taught us how to pray this. Forgive those that trespassed against us. Are we quick to forgive? Or do we hold grudges? Do we let that thing weigh us down? Do we get in the car every time with our wives and talk about that person to the nth degree? Or are we just, just us? Just us? Okay. <laughs> I, I, I make light of this, but I really I feel that God wants us as a people, as a body, as a church to get into this place where we don't become doormats. That's important because no one walked over Jesus. Let's be very clear. But forgiveness was key to his heart. If you want to be able to forgive, if you want to be able to forgive quickly, I believe that you need to focus on the forgiver. I think going home today and saying, oh, I need to forgive, I need to forgive, I need, is not gonna, it's not going to change anything in your life. You need to focus on the forgiver. You need to push into Jesus. Okay. So let's, um, let's read a quick passage here because we're going to focus on Jesus this morning more than anything. So I'm going to take you to Mark 2. And I've actually preached on this, I realized, last year, December, where Jesus, I think, lands at Capernaum or whatever it's called, and um, these friends bring a paralyzed man to Jesus. Right? I think we know the story. I think they layer him down. It doesn't really matter. But there's this paralyzed man that these people bring to Jesus. And I'm going to read from Mark 2, verse 8 quickly. Immediately, Jesus knew in his spirit what they were thinking. Okay, so before I read that, sorry. So this paralyzed man is in front of them right now. And Jesus looks at this paralyzed man and he says to him, Your sins are forgiven. 
And straight away, the Pharisees and the religious rulers of the time, that if you didn't know, didn't really like Jesus because he really offended them, he really upset them, look at him and say, who is this blasphemous character? Who is this fellow that believes he can forgive sins? This was the context. And Jesus looks at them, okay, now, you know, I'm no storyteller, but there's a, there's a paralyzed man lying in front of us over here. I, I, I think his friends feel Jesus can heal this guy. And there's this moment, if I'm playing the movie back in my mind, where Jesus says, I forgive your sins, Mr. Man lying on the floor. And his friends are looking around like, okay, well, that's, that's cool. Maybe you want to ask him to stand up, Jesus. But you've got to realize, like in this moment, where this awkwardness of this paralyzed man lying in front of him, Jesus says, your sins are forgiven. And straight away, he offends the religious rulers at the time. It says this in verse 8, Mark 2. Immediately, Jesus knew in his spirit that this was what they were thinking in their hearts, and he said to them. So he's addressing the religious rulers in the room while the paralyzed man is still lying there, still hoping for his healing. His friends are still full of faith. Why are you thinking these things, he says to them. Verse 9, which is easier, to say to this paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up, take your mat, and walk? Verse 10, but I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. And I read that scripture, and I'm like, firstly, why would Jesus deal with sins before he deals with the paralyzed man? And you know what the Holy Spirit said to me? It's like, it's in his nature to heal. It's in his nature to comfort. It's in his nature to love. It's in his nature to give abundantly. So that was always going to happen, because it was faith stirred up in the room when his friends dropped that guy into the room, Right? So that was naturally going to happen. But there was something else that was more important that needed to be addressed in that moment. And it was the fact that he had to deal with the religious rulers in the time. But he asks this question, which is easier, to say to this paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or to say, take, take up your mat and walk? You see, sometimes I feel that it's easier for us to have faith and expect for the physical outworkings of what God's going to do. But it's much more difficult for us to expect him to do something internal. You hear what I'm saying? Forgiveness is a hard thing. Forgiveness is a hard thing. Telling someone to get up and walk is a physical thing. Easy. It's dealt with. He was not walking. He's now walking. He goes home. He takes his mat. But how would anyone have known if forgiveness had taken place, if Abel had to forgive Oni today for something, how would she know that for his forgiveness is true? That something really in his heart changed that day? Do you hear what I'm saying? I want to read the end quickly of Matthew chapter 18, verse 14. Ah, oh, sorry, verse 35. And I'm going to come back to Matthew 18. I'm jumping around a bit today. But I really wanted to start in Matthew 18 today. But God took me on a different journey. But I'm going to come back to it. It's the parable of the unmerciful servant. Listen to this, verse 35, chapter 18. This is how my heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister 
from your heart. From your heart. Which is easier, to say to this man, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up and walk? You see, forgiveness is a heart thing. It is a deep-rooted thing. I think it's easier for us to trust for a physical miracle of someone's physical healing than it is for us to really address unforgiveness in our life. Unless you forgive them from your heart. And I feel that I had to be very clear on this this morning. Forgiveness and dealing with unforgiveness is something that we have to be intentional about. Because Jesus here in this passage was very intentional about addressing it. He was so clear and intentional about it that he left a paralyzed man lying in front of him while the room was crowded and his friends were waiting for the miracle to deal with this topic. But sometimes we're so focused on the healing of the paralyzed man that we forget about the real things. Amen? Just me. Okay, I feel like God wants to bring this to the forefront of our hearts. You? Okay. So let's read Matthew 18. The parable of the unmerciful servant from verse 21. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times, Jesus? We know this story. Verse 22. Jesus answered, I tell you not seven times, but 70 times seven. But 77 times, sorry, 77 times. Ooh, my maths today on a Sunday morning. 23. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king. Here we go. He starts to create a metaphor. Like a king who wanted to settle accounts of his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, since the servant was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. Verse 26, as, as the servant fell on his knees before the master, be patient with me, he begged, and I promise I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him and canceled all his debts. Canceled all his debts and let him go. Verse 28, but when the servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back whatever you've Whatever you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, Be patient with me and I will pay back. Verse 30. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and went and told their master everything that had happened. The master called in the servant, You wicked servant, he said. I canceled that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servants? just as I had on you. You see, and this scripture made me realize that forgiveness is about pointing to the ultimate forgiver, which is the master in this case, which is Jesus. You see, because there was a debt so great on our lives that he paid when he went to the cross. And we touched this at depth in Ephesians. There was a contract that you had with sin and death. And when he died on that cross, that contract was rewritten. It was torn up and a new contract put in place. Life in the Spirit. You see, there's a forgiveness that's exercised towards us from the Father 
that he expects us to exercise back to the people that we meet with day to day. Jesus started to stir in my heart in this context that Peter is actually the person asking Jesus, how many times should I forgive? Man, and I'm, I'm thinking about this, Peter, Peter, isn't this the same Peter that betrays Jesus? Isn't this the same Peter that denies him three times and ultimately sends Jesus to the cross? So check this out. So Jesus, as we know, just goes on this crazy journey right to the cross. And when you look at forgiveness, he's hanging on the cross and he says, Father, forgive them for they know, what, know not what they do. But I'm sitting there going like, we know that Jesus forgives. We know that that's in his heart. But Peter, Peter's on the receiving end of Jesus' forgiveness. Check this out. Jesus dies. In John 21, after Jesus um, has been re- uh, released from the tomb, in John 21, the disciples go fishing. Now, we don't know if the disciples went fishing because they thought, game over, Jesus is gone. Or if they went fishing because they just needed to chill and it's been too crazy. My, you know, this, this uh, rabbi that we've been following for two and a half years is now gone and we just need a break. We don't know what happened. We also don't know how Peter felt. But I can imagine if you've walked with anyone, your good friend, for two, two and a half years, if I've walked for Abel, with Abel for two years and I know him well, and something important happens in our life and I say, I don't know Abel. And the outcome of me saying, I don't know him, has a negative impact to him. That he's going to feel betrayed. He's going to feel hurt. He's going to be like, I thought you were my brother, man. You know, I thought you were someone that cared for me. And I can imagine Peter, as they're fishing, is carrying this heaviness in his heart. And someone from the shore, who just happens to be Jesus, calls out to them, hey, have you caught anything? No, we've caught nothing. And he's standing on the side, and there's a fire going. And Peter recognizes that this is Jesus. Peter jumps out of the boat, it says. He doesn't mind getting wet. The rest are in the boat trying to pull the nets in. Right? And Jesus, um, Peter, I can imagine, runs to the shore, and Jesus says, come, let's eat some breakfast. And Peter goes, and he grabs some fish and all the rest. And I love this scripture, because it, it's actually entitled, Jesus Reaffirms or Reinstates Peter. And he says to him, Jesus, uh, Peter, do you love me? He says, of course I love you, Lord. He says, well, feed my sheep. Peter, do you love me? Yes, go look after my flock. We know the whole story three times. And you need to realize that from here, Peter is instrumental in the planting of the church. He's instrumental in the book of Acts. He's instrumental on carrying forward what Jesus came to show us and released to us. But I can imagine in Peter being absolutely human, there was a heaviness in his heart, having betrayed his best friend potentially at that time, having seen Jesus nailed to that cross, died an excruciating death, but then seeing him on that beach, and you know what? Jesus just reaffirms him, reinstates him. There's a power in forgiveness. Because if that moment never happened, which I can imagine would have been 30, 40 seconds in history, if that never happened, we might not have been living in the power of the church that we are in today. Amen? You see, this is the nature of Jesus. That even when we constantly betray him, 
even when we constantly let him down, even when we constantly trip over and fall and keep screwing things up, he exercises a forgiveness to us. But if you read the scriptures, I can tell you now there was a repentant heart in Peter. There was a heart in Peter, even though it's not written in the scripture. There was a heart of repentance, a heart of, I royally screwed this up. Royally screwed this up. But you know, Jesus doesn't address it. Jesus is never the type of person that points our failures out. He reinstates, he reaffirms. This morning, this is my heart on forgiveness for you guys. Is that it challenges our thinking towards how we apply forgiveness in our day-to-day situations and relationships with people. People in this body, your colleagues, your family. I feel some of us are carrying a heaviness or carrying a burden, much like Peter maybe did in that time, where you've hurt somebody. Maybe you're on the other side. Maybe you're on the other side, where you need to say sorry. So you're either on the side of doing the forgiving, or you're on the side of the repentant. (laughs) But I feel each of us need to do a bit of an open-heart surgery to look at our lives and say, well, how do we approach forgiveness? How do we approach repentance? Some of us I don't know any, Jessica is not good at saying sorry. Sorry, just this terrible cough that I'm having. No, I'm I'm totally kidding. It's a joke. But seriously, I'm not good at saying sorry. I'm not good at saying, hey, man, I realize that hurt you. Sometimes we don't allow forgiveness towards ourselves because we actually don't know how to repent. And sometimes we don't know how to forgive Because we don't understand repentance. And if we don't understand repentance, how do we accept forgiveness? Right? Everyone's looking down now. I want us to think about these things. It's important. As we do life together, as we move and expand the kingdom of God in the city, it's important that we're a people. You know, the disciples were people that followed Jesus. And they knew them by who they were. Because you're a Jesus follower because you act like Jesus. Man, I wish I had taken the photo of that scripture this morning. I think it's in James. I don't know where it says. But those that declare that they are in Jesus need to become like Jesus. Right? And as we move towards dealing with unforgiveness in our hearts and becoming good forgivers... I really believe God wants to keep this forefront of our minds so that he starts to filter the way we think, that he starts to filter the way we speak, that he starts to change things in our heart. That when we do forgive people, it's really a heart thing in our lives. I'm going to pray for us very quickly. So if you're here this morning and there's some things that the Holy Spirit is just highlighting to you as I'm speaking right now, family, friends, colleague, boss, spouse, girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever, and there's some things that you need to A, repent of, B, forgive, and I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit that he reveals to you how to do that.
We don't want to be people that carry unforgiveness. We want to be a church that models unity, that models forgiveness. And I'm not saying anyone's expecting you to be walked over. Let me be very clear. But exercising godly forgiveness is biblical. Jesus came to show us how to forgive. In fact, when they asked him, Lord, teach us how to pray. It's right up there on his prayer list. Forgive us those that trespass against us. It is important in our day-to-day walk as being Christians. If that's you this morning, if you're needing to repent, or you need to exercise forgiveness, just wherever you are, I just ask that you open your hands. Father, I just pray for every heart this morning, Lord. We just want to be people that are after your heart. We want to be people that adopt your framework, your love for people, your compassion for people. We want to people, we want to be a people where our our framework is bizarre. It's unordinary. Why, why should he forgive? He's in the right. Father, that's not your heart. Father, where our framework that we operate in day to day challenges the average person. Because we are not called to be like this world. We are called to be different. So Father, I just pray for every heart right now where there's something that you've, you've, you've made so clear that needs to be dealt with today, Lord. I ask that by the power of your Spirit, you start dealing with those situations, those individuals, Father, you give them the language of love, give them the framework of forgiveness, Father. Holy Spirit, that you just comfort them. And Father, that you move them in their hearts. Father, we take on these topics because we want to be people that can be associated with following Jesus Christ. So, Father, we ask for any of us, Lord, that that say this morning, Lord, transform us. Holy Spirit, come and shape our thinking, our hearts. Maybe some of you have a tongue that's too quick to accuse, to slander. The Word of God says that there's life and death in the power of the tongue. Maybe the prayer, and I don't know why I'm feeling this right now, but I just maybe the prayer is, Father, help me to hold my tongue and process my response through the filter of forgiveness and your love before I open my mouth and destroy someone on the other side. Father, whatever it may be, Jesus, I ask that you take hold, you grip our hearts right now, Father. You bring our physical bodies into submission, Father, in a sense. Father, that you subdue our hearts and our minds to be able to process and love and forgive from the place that Jesus has transformed in our hearts. I pray in this body, Lord, that you help us to be understanding of one another, quick to forgive, that we might be a church that's 
that dwells in unity, people dwell in unity, Father. That when we come together, there is no animosity between us. That we can just love each other, Lord, encourage each other, be there for each other. I just ask for anyone that will hear this message on a podcast or on a live stream on YouTube, whatever it may be, Lord, that you just, by the power of your Holy Spirit, Lord, make the topic and the framework of forgiveness so real to us as Christians. Not something that we brush over, not something that we take lightly, Lord, but repentance and forgiveness is key and core to who we are as Christians, who we are as followers of Jesus. Father, I thank you, Lord, that you are the ultimate forgiver. I thank you that your love abounds towards us, Father. Where we didn't deserve it, Lord, you forgave. You went to the cross and your blood was shed for a people so undeserving. But that is your heart. That is your nature. So I thank you, Lord, for any of us that are sitting here going, I don't know how to do this this morning, Lord. I know that you are powerful you are willing, Lord, by the power of your Spirit to teach us, to shape us, to sharpen us. So I ask Holy Spirit that you continue something in each of us as we leave this place today, as we go into worship, as we go about our week, that you keep us in this attitude, Father, of understanding more of who you are and more of what moves your heart. So we thank you, Lord. We're going to go into time of worship now as we close. If any of you need prayer for anything in your life, is there, there's something you want to you talk about, maybe there is some unforgiveness in your heart, maybe there is someone that's really, really hurt you, and you just don't even know where to go from here, I want to pray with you, please. Do not leave this room if you're carrying something that's not for you to carry. Amen? Cool. God really loves you, really, really loves you. Well, bless you guys. Man.